New Earth Market is a great place to get groceries and beer. You can even buy a beer and drink it while you shop. It's ridiculous. They've got pizza there and everything. They also host ridiculously cool beer events, and there's one coming up this Friday, August 17th. They're having an awesome beer tasting with Knee Deep Brewing Company, and you're going to be able to pay $10 for a ticket. You buy them there at New Earth Market, and you're going to get five different beer samples. You're going to get some pizza. It's catered by the pizza company, and you're going to get a glass to take home. So go in there, grab a ticket, and go check out that beer tasting. That's right. That's New Earth Market here in Chico at 864 East Avenue. Get yourself some beer. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Welcome back to Fresh Hop Cinema, a podcast about craft beer and film. We are so glad you're able to join us this afternoon or this evening or uh, this morning, maybe, if you're a morning listener. Or tonight. Sure. Uh, We are a three-part podcast. We cover two beers in a movie each week, and we don't give any spoilers in our movie. Also, we're very kid-friendly until the final segment. So if you're tuning in with your kids or your sensitive mother-in-law and she doesn't want to hear bad language or spoilers this week about a film called First Reformed, don't worry about it. Just pause the show when you get to the third segment. You're safe until then. Or don't pause and feel the full blast of me. This, yeah. That's Johnny, by the way. Hi, that's Max. Yeah, and we're going to walk you through what is sure to be one of the best podcasting experiences you've ever had. Exactly. Is that overstating it? It's going to change your life, and you're welcome. Yeah, that feels right to me. I should preface this. We've had a couple of red vines. I pounded some Doritos, which is not the turn of phrase, I don't think, uh, but I did. Well, yeah, and then he ate them. So, I mean, yeah, I, it was I crushed, very... I crushed them up and just just inhaled them. Yeah. Do you ever see that... that like meme of uh, Chester Cheeto just snorting crushed up Cheetos. No, I haven't. It's tremendous. But all that to say, like I was very hungry and I ran out. We were doing some bonus stuff for our Patreon people and then I ran out to the kitchen and I shoved some food in my mouth and now... It was quite erotic. I'm having a just like a uh, an energy, like vitamins. I'm sure there's no vitamins in Doritos, but like, let's podcast. So you chugged a... We both chugged a whole cold brew coffee. Oh, and that's hitting me too. That's really... And then the sugar rush from the red vines. Yeah. We are good to go is the point. Um, so let's do it, dude. Let's, you you picked out beers. I did pick out beers. That said, I think it's fitting for me to introduce the first one. Yeah, because I don't know how to say sure. it. So <laughs> would did. you please tell me what this beer is called? Yeah, well, I did my research, and, and this is by uh, the brewery Tarot, uh, which they do all sorts of cool, weird beers. They're out of Anaheim, California, mm-hmm. and this beer is called Ngongwe. It's, uh, it's spelled N-G-O-N-G-O. I don't know exactly what language that is, but I believe it to be an African type language it kind of sounds like that that's what i was thinking anywho this uh this is a collaboration beer the garage project is also in portland i believe johnny is that right no is there no garage part no i know there's one in new zealand but but i think they also isn't there a garage project or is it bend maybe is there one in bend i'm not familiar with this other than oh, really? just reading it okay well tell so. me what's tell me what we got in front of us at least this is a description off of uh off yeah their website uh, you know, I like to, to pick out beers that are really interesting, and it's fun to grab stuff and review it for you guys that you might not ever try or gravitate towards without hearing somebody review it. And I feel like this hits all of those marks. This beer is a team effort with New Zealand-based Garage Project and Brewery Tarot from Anaheim, as we mentioned. This is a refreshing oak fodder, fodder, F-O-E-D-E-R, Foder. Oak Foder Aged Saison, and it's part of their Foders with Friends series called Ngongo. 
Oh, you gave it a shot. In Ganway, it is the Maori word for nectar and honey. Oh, Maori just... being New Zealander, Islander. Oh, okay. yeah, sure. New Z- yeah. Maori warriors. So I was wrong. Like this, uh, isn't the rock Maori? I don't know. I think yeah. he is. But uh, yeah, it's the Maori word for nectar and honey. This uh, saison features lemon balm, chamomile, and New Zealand wildflower honey, plus California wildflower honey for some bottle conditioning. Yeah, this beer came out just this year, 2018. It's 7.2%, and I should preface this. I'm going to say it for both of us. We aren't always the biggest fan of Saison ales. It, you know, we've had some that we really liked. We had some that were not that great. I think there's a very vast spectrum of Saisons out sure. there. Uh, they range from tart and puckery and refreshing to very horse blankety. Yeah, funky and, very, and earthy. The farmhouse Saisons really bring that out. Uh, and I would also just, it's worth noting that this is a brand new size bottle for the brewery. Terrell. I was going to say, it looks very small for their use. Yeah, it's a cute little three seventy five, um, And it's a much more affordable price point. I think this bottle was $6. Oh, there you go. So, yeah, because like a lot of the brewery bottles are the big bombers. They're, um, they're not bombers. Not bombers. They're 750s. 750s, yeah. And they're like, you know, 20 bucks minimum. 20, a lot of the time. 30. And, th- and a lot of the times they are of a style that you don't necessarily need a 750 of. Exactly. So just for practicality's sake, uh, this is a really much more appropriate size. I think it's perfect size for someone like me and Max to sit down and split, uh, or you and a buddy. It's it's definitely a lot less beer. So yeah. if you're in the mood or going to a giant share, I mean, they had this beer in the big one. You see on the brewery's website, they're available in both sizes. But for our purposes, we're digging into the little 375. Yeah, it looks really nice. It's a, it's a very cloudy... Uh, off yellow almost straw color super carbonated really really crazy head retention which i'm excited for this beer i'm gonna guess that it's not super saison uh uh what the heck is the word that i can't think of right now yeast thank you yeah it doesn't have that super saison yeast it's gonna be my guess it's gonna be more sweet and honey and lemon because those are two very strong flavors uh what's your first take on this dude this beer smells amazing and my first sip is it tastes amazing this beer is earthy and complex, and it's tart up front. It is, huh? That's wow. good. You get that lemon balm, like, boom, here's some lemon, and then it mellows out into, like, the the yeast presence is there, a little bit of that farmhousiness, but it really mingles with that chamomile tea, and the honey yeah, kind of takes the edge off that. I think this is good. I think lemon is a, is a flavor that is not often utilized enough in saisons i think it's a really nice way to mellow out against totally against that yeast flavor that that can be overpowering Dude, for this, a lot of these beers this beer is really surprising yeah this might be one of my favorite i've only had a sip but like one of my favorite brewery beers seriously this is so unique and it's ice cold i mean not ice cold but it's it's very it's chilly it's chilled and this beer is super refreshing um it's crisp and it drinks really clean you get that crisp punch of lemon citrus right up front Mm-hmm. which is delicious and it adds to the nose quite a bit it's yeah very citrusy uh, but it doesn't linger it really transitions into that that lemony what was it lemongrass i think so yeah what else is in this lemon balm, lemon chamomile, balm chamomile honey. and honey two types of honey. and i've never had wildflower honey but i imagine it tastes a little bit different sure it's got to right? it'd be nice to try it to like to, you know it's fun to like try exactly what is in your beer but like so often it's just there's mangoes and we know what mangoes taste like, but, but this is, would be nice to be like this. What is that exactly? Isn't wild all honey, wildflower honey? Uh, no. I mean, if you have, yeah, I, I don't. Mean, they have to 
But bees pollinate flowers. I think so. Bees pollinate, if I'm not mistaken, within a certain radius of their hive. So it just depends on where the hives at. So a lot of beekeepers will have their hives strategically placed in areas where they know the bees will go to these particular flowers. Yeah, and a lot of them, like in this area where we live in Northern California, you'll see beehives strategically located near yeah. almond crops. Sure. So they'll grow, you know, fertilize or not fertilize, pollinate. Pollinate, yeah. The the almond blossoms, but imagine a wildflower. Yeah, field uh, right with a beehive in it, it's going to produce different tasting. Honey. I wonder if that's all that means. I guess it's it got to be. Yeah. That'd be the only difference is what sure. flowers they're pollinating. Yeah. So it's also really, really good to point out. This doesn't taste like a. It doesn't drink like a seven point two percent beer. Oh goodness! This is as strong as a like a torpedo from Sierra Nevada. No, this drinks like a, a four to five percent beer. Yeah, this is dangerously refreshing and very, very flavorful, which is which is a crazy combination. Yeah. I was super skeptical hippo-eyes when I bought this beer, but it was one of the most unique and interesting and intriguing beers that I saw. Yeah, dude. Like, we should we should not understate the bottle here. It's a really cool... I don't see a lot of uh, color schemes like this. It's a... It's very... I don't know. What would you... Like a... Like a... Like a... Like a tun, not a tundra. That's the opposite of what I'm trying to say. Uh, like, lots of reds it's and very golds warm. and blacks. Yeah, it's... it's warm like, tones. I don't know. It's real neat, and there's really, really cool patterns on it. And I think the the letter choicing, even on just the just the name Gongwei, is awesome. It's very inspired by Maori uh, tattoos. Yeah, that's uh, okay, that's what I'm thinking. Of. Yeah, yeah, this is very typical of like you'd see a, a Maori bodysuit or like a face tattoo, and the swirling lines yeah. and the geometric patterns. It's very, very inspired by Maori tattoo work, which is really cool. And I didn't notice that till right now. Yeah. I wouldn't have put that connection together you hadn't written down that uh description yeah so i'm gonna pour some more of this because it's really good yeah top me off here uh if you will as well but i i do think that this is pronounced ngongwe uh, that sounds right there's a chance that it's ngong uh go just it ends with a go but that seems too easy <laughs> again it's spelled n-g-o-n-g-o i think we should get to the point of rating this thing and i think it's going to be favorable on both of our spectrums. oh yeah this beer's a nine yeah, like I love this beer. Like I would recommend this to anyone, and if this was on tap somewhere, I would buy a glass of it. This beer, it's super surprising, and I really at this point I've had so many damn beers. It's really fun to see uh, uh, an adjunct like lemon balm incorporated in a saison. Mm -hmm. Never had that. Yeah, and it's done really well. The balance is there. Uh, you can pick out all of the different flavors in this beer. Like I'm very familiar with chamomile tea. It's the night night time. It's delicious. Uh, so you definitely get some of that. Uh, I love the fact that you can pick out every element that's in it. And it's just, it's surprising because usually the brewery is just crazy tart or, you know, I didn't know what I expected particularly with this beer because the style's so, it's just wonky. Um, but if you're in the market for a unique beer that's incredibly refreshing and viciously drinkable for a 7.2 beer, 100% go buy this. I find that it's often easy to get caught up in looking at prices at a bottle shop. And when you go to when you go out, like if you went to go have this at a bar, you'd get a ten ounce pour, and it would cost you eight or nine dollars. Mm -hmm. And at that point, it it really puts it in perspective what a bottle shop might cost. This is a six or seven dollar bottle, mm -hmm. and you get uh, is that about a about a pint, give or take. Uh, Three seven five is a little less than a pint. Okay, this is very much worth your dollar. Yeah. I, again, from the get go, I was saying I don't typically gravitate towards saisons. I think this one's very approachable. Like you said, dangerously drinkable and refreshing. I think it's perfectly well balanced. The carbonation and the body are on point. Yeah. Uh, I would drink this again in a heartbeat. This is great. Seriously, This is actually uh, the downside, I guess, is like we probably could have gotten this in the 750s yeah. and been perfectly fine. I'd have loved to get it. Uh, we might just have to get it again. Yeah. I, this is very, very worthwhile to me. So I'm going to give it a nine as well. 
both for all that that I just said and the fact that it's a nice segue into, for me, maybe exploring more saisons instead of just writing them off completely. Definitely. I think there's there's a beer in every style that you will like. You just have to kind of work your way through some weird ones to find it. And yeah. that's true with almost every style. For the longest time, I didn't think I liked barley wines. Oh, yeah. And I had a couple that I just really loved that were... You know, like drinking just toasted caramel. Yeah, dude, that one that we did from... The um, El Segundo. No, no, no. Oh, that's a great one, too. Yeah. No, I was going to say the one from 5050. What was that? Oh, yeah. Conundrum? Conundrum. Old Conundrum on oh. wood. That was great. Great barley wine. Beer. Um, so, again, this is this is in Gongwe by Brewery Tarot. Uh, I'm sure it's around town in Chico or where you are, but we got it at New Earth. You can find it there if you'd like. We are going to jump to talking about, uh, I think, what's got us hot and bothered this week, if you'd like to do that. Yes, we are. Do you want to go first or you want me to? I mean, I think the 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 bothered that I have is kind of universal right now. It's just that the sky is raining ash, ah, and it's just impossible to go outside because of all the, the fires. And right. it feels like a terrible thing to complain about, and I'm not going to do it to any degree of severity just because people's houses are burning. And well, stuff. I think that's the point you're getting at. Yeah, but it's just the, the, the fires. fires suck, and yeah. it's... Every year in California, and it seems like it's getting worse. And it, it's really a bummer not to see blue sky and go outside and go swimming, but also just the overall lameness of it yeah. is, is pretty pretty not cool, man. Yeah, fires are fires are not good yeah, uh, no. unless they're controlled in a campfire. That's what, that's what I say. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, but no, it's been for, like I think, almost three weeks now, if not a little bit longer. There was that one up in Redding that started, and then... the one That one's huge. Yeah, and then there's one in Lake County, and yeah. they've just been everywhere. The, the fires in Lake County, um, because they're calling them like all kind of the same fire that's just spread out. Right. Biggest fire in California history. Awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. cool. Go California. Yeah. What's got you bothered, man? Um, No, I don't have one. Sweet. Well, then let's great. be positive. But I'm going to skip. Yeah, I'm going to branch off. So I started uh, maybe maybe well, I don't know, man, six or seven weeks ago, I filmed a video with our friend Brian Massa, who mm-hmm. we've talked about on the show. Um, and it's for a fundraising campaign for my tour yeah. in the fall to take a couple boys on the road with me and, and travel for a couple weeks. Finished the video, at least the filming part of it, and I started editing it a couple, or it was two days ago, but this was after hearing about all these fires. So what I'm doing now with my fundraiser is when it launches, I don't. it's going to be sometime, I, I think right around when this podcast episode comes out, uh, I'm going to give 10% of whatever we raise to fire relief. Nice. And then... If we make anything past the goal that I initially set, that's all going to go towards that because there's just been so many people. It's been rough man. out of homes or or close to it, yeah. and just struggling. It's not fun. Man. I'm sick of fires. I guess it's kind of bothered, but it's a positive spin on it. Like, yeah, well, it's positive because you have it within your power to do a little something. Something. Right. Exactly. And it was just you just see so many people posting on social media and just just screwed, like losing everything that they own and yeah, trying to figure out where they're going to sleep that night. And we're not going to raise a ton of money, but we'll raise something. Yeah, and you're doing what you can, and that's yeah. all anyone can do, and that's quite noble. Yeah, so I'm I'm happy for the opportunity to maybe be able to to do some good in yeah. that on that front, I guess. Well, in a in an astounding swoop of irony, hmm. I am excited because I got a smoker. Oh boy! <laughs> so <laughs> well, that's, that's great, man. So yeah. there's that. Yeah, I actually got it from a podcast friend. Mr. John Wallum. Oh, nice. Yeah, he upgraded his barbecue, and guy got his old Traeger. That's Traeger? Is it the brand? Yeah. Cool. It's a pretty well-known brand of slow cooker smoker. Gotcha. So I've been playing with meat. Nice, dude. It's been fun. That's amazing. Yeah. You have to have everybody that listens to this podcast over to your house. Yeah, we're going to have a party. Uh, yeah. There's a Halloween party in the works, so stay tuned for that. Yeah, Johnny's house is located at a <laughs> And then you can find him at And then you just go in through the 
Yeah. And the, that's how you get there. The gate code is Yeah, just tip the butler 20 bucks. Exactly. It'll be fine. Uh, no, but they, that's been fun. But what's really got me hot is um, <clears throat> I started rewatching one of my all-time favorite shows that I haven't watched in years, and that is uh, Sons of Anarchy. Oh, you love that show. I'm a fan. It's yeah. really entertaining drama. It's, it's silly. It's adventurous. It's weird. It's good. Uh, it's a fun time. And I want to tell you a silly thought because it, it really it amused me. Yes. I was like one episode in. And you know what I thought to myself after uh, about one episode? Max would hate this show? Probably. But no. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about you. No. Uh, I mean. Well, then I guess I'll still listen. Yeah. No more than usual. Right. I mean, you're always in the back of my mind. You're like a pot simmering. It's just there. I'm always in the back of the room. You're like a slow watching. cooker. Yeah, there you go. Yes. What was your thought? Uh, so, like, yeah, it took me all of one episode to pretty much decide in my head that I was going to buy a motorcycle. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You got to get some sweet boots, too. Oh, you yeah. got a pair of boots. I think I have some boots. I yeah. think I could do it, but have you ever wanted to buy a motorcycle? No. No. Not, I just know my skill set, and that doesn't play well to what I'm good at. Yeah. I just wouldn't go well for me. I'm immediately like, I would love that, but like, I would never want to take it on the freeway. Totally. Like, I drive too much like for work, and I see how, just how terrible people are at driving. Right. But yeah, I felt like that meme of the cat reading the paper. Like, I should buy a boat. I don't, I don't know this meme. I'll show you the meme. Thank the you. people listening know what I'm talking right. about. Maybe. Yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah. It was just amusing to myself that, yeah, it took me all of one episode to be like, I'm, I'm buying a motorcycle. I like, know that feeling though. Like it was when I, I we maybe even talked about this on the show. A great example is like True Detective season two. Mm. Vince Vaughn's character is always drinking Blue Label Scotch, mm. Johnny Walker. Yep. And every time he pours it, and this maybe speaks to something darker in me, I guess, but like I'm like, you know what? I want some scotch. I'm going to have some scotch. Mm. He drinks like seven times in an episode. So. True Detective is an undertaking for me when You're I like, watch Ooh. it. Well, here we go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Dude, I felt that way the first season watching Matthew McConaughey Just slam. Smoking Lone and Star. drinking those beers. Slamming Lone Stars. All day. Because Lone Star is delicious. I doubt that, but it's good. You, it's a You're cheap drinking lager. this right now and you're gonna tell me the Lone Star is delicious. It's a for like a crisp, just American lager. I guess. It's pretty good. And cigarettes are delicious if you smoke. Fair enough. You know, so it's there's like, I think, yeah, like in the Matthew McConaughey character in that show, oh. cigarettes and those beers are like obviously yes, yeah that's exactly right immediately just getting that like uh just sympathy want to be that cool yeah. or like just want that uh yeah i was like in my head i'm like oh i have to get a motorcycle now Fair. obviously like i was laying in bed googling the procedure to get like a motorcycle learner's <laughs> permit for yeah. the california yeah, dmv it's the whole thing and then i woke up and i'm like you're an idiot yeah you can't do that <laughs> no like you, you just you need to try and be a badass yeah what are you gonna do get a honda shadow right there you go yeah calm down yeah uh, all right, well, real quick, I want to touch on one more thing. I saw a film this week. Yes. Uh, not the one that we're going to talk about next section, but I saw Eighth Grade, which is a written and directed film by, I don't think that's the right way to say that grammatically, which is a film that was written and directed by Bo Burnham, who is a stand-up comedian who I think is fantastic. He's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. He's a little bit more vulgar than a lot of people might like, but I think it's done sensibly yeah and with purpose and very musical comedy too it's so good and i don't even like i hate when most of the time if there's a comedian that's just like playing a piano or a guitar and like strumming it and talking over it it's usually pretty hack yes now this is not that no Bo burnham stuff is i just finished make happy which is his latest i think it's a couple years old stand-up special mm -hmm. on netflix it's fantastic oh his parody of a country music song oh my gosh Tremendous. it's so good anyways so he's he's a he's 27 years old so real real young dude and this was his first go at making a movie, and it's in my top ten of the year. I will yeah. say that. It's a fantastic coming-of-age film. It's about an eighth grader 
uh, named Kayla who is growing up in the social media age mm-hmm. and kind of about how that plays out in her relationships with her with her father and her friends and um, it's just a fan like it was hard to watch yeah because of how realistic it is mm-hmm. like there, it's not I think the best thing about this movie is the dialogue it's it's real dialogue yeah it's like listening to a 14 year old trying to get a point across while being distracted by a phone talking to her dad who's just doing his best to keep it's great it's heartbreaking it's hilarious and tragic and wonderful sounds like everything you want in yeah a movie. i hope it'll make it to our area here and Me that we too. can cover it on the show i don't know when it's going to get wide release but um, i think it's on its way now yeah i listened to the fantastic podcast fresh air with bo burnham Love it. Uh, talking about this film and his whole goal was to just encapsulate what it's like to grow up in the digital age of social media yeah. and just the pressures that go with that. And uh, it's really fascinating that he decided to take on this movie through a female perspective, it, too. Uh, and, and that's the other thing, too. The the actress, uh, I believe her name is Elsie Fisher. That could be wrong. But I think that's correct. I think I'm right. Um, she is a 14 or 15-year-old girl. It's not like they had... You watch like some of the old... Uh, high school quote-unquote movies like 16 candles or any of that sort of stuff and like the actors and actresses are all like 20 something yeah it, it says something and it it it, uh, it works it's like we were talking about uh the football movie it's exactly like that uh, the Titans. yeah, yeah. Everybody's everybody was too in, old like mid-20s and, train yeah. high school students and you have an awkward kid in this movie yeah and it's so believable because it's probably relatable to her like sure She's, she's conveying feelings that she's actively going through, I would assume. She's living it right now. And because of that, it made me think of things that I went through. And mm. it's so relatable and so good. And I'm in that weird point between childhood and adulthood where I could sort of relate to the dad side and sort of relate to her side. It's just, it's so well done. I really like that movie a lot. Now, would you say that this would be an important film genera- generationally speaking? Like, um, would this be an important coming-of-age film for this generation dealing with the technical yeah, I mean, age? In an ideal world, yeah. But I think what's tragic is that anybody not anybody a lot of people that are that age that go to see this movie aren't going to get it they'll mm. they'll miss it but is it something that someone's that, that is that age now would appreciate once they're in their 20s like looking back hindsight wise like I that wonder. movie really encapsulated what it was like for me to be that age i wonder about that i mean it's it's on one hand, I hope that's true, but on the other, I think maybe they would just they wouldn't even make the connection. Like, well, yeah. that's not me. It's not like a, like a Breakfast Club where like I don't think when so. that came out, kids in high school were like, "Oh, bro, that's me." Yeah, but I don't. You know, I don't know. There's a scene in the movie that um, basically you go into her school and and the students are drilling a school shooting, which is like I guess something they probably do in schools now. I just didn't even occur to me. Right. I and mean, that's so sad too. It's just it's interesting, you but d- it's so funny too. You it did, know, it has to be different a thing. points in the movie. Yeah. So that's eighth grade. See it when you can. I think it's very good. And also, if you haven't seen it or don't get a chance to, check out the podcast, Fresh Air with Bo Burnham yeah. on 8th Grade. It will make you want to seek out this movie. Ooh, there's also a fantastic interview he does with the folks, the dudes at, uh, at Film Spotting, which is another podcast. It's an exclusive with one of the co-hosts and Bo Burnham talking about that. I assume it's a similar kind of thing. So nice. watch them both or listen to them both and then watch the movie. I, guess I like it. Uh, anything else you want to touch on before we go to break? No, nah, man. Heck yeah. Let's jump to a break. We're going to come back to talk about First Reformed. We're not going to spoil anything. Also, you probably maybe don't know what this movie is because it's not available in a lot of places. But if it is available to you, see it or not, depending on what we say. We are back. What is up out there in Radio Land, everybody listening? You should check out Secret Trail Brewing Company because every Monday they do an Explorer series where they release a one-off beer for your drinking pleasure. This Monday, that's right, you're listening on Monday? Well, go down there tonight and get yourself a nice, tall, cold glass of Hazy Trail 
with blueberries and strawberries. It's called Berry Patch, and it sounds delicious. You should go check them out. That beer is going to be on tap. Their whole operating hours. Max, where are they located? They're at 132 Meyer Street, everybody. And again, if you're hearing this podcast the day it comes out, that's Monday, August 20th. You can go down to Secret Trail from 3 to 9. Check out their Explorer series. It is a lot of fun, and we highly recommend that you check them out. They're, they're the best. They make great beers, and they support this podcast. <laughs> So if you're wondering what that is, you're not alone. A lot of people haven't seen the movie that we're going to discuss. I imagine a lot of people haven't even heard of it. Yep. So allow us to help you hear about it. Elaborate. That is partially, I wanted to wait for him to say that because we're going to leave that in. But uh, so First Reformed is a movie written, directed by Paul Schrader, starring Ethan Hawke in what people are calling the performance of his career. Uh, an Oscar contender. It also stars Amanda Seyfried as this gal named Mary. And Cedric Kyles, you might know him as Cedric the Entertainer, has this fellow named Reverend Joel Jeffers. Now, Ethan Hawke's character is Reverend Ernst Toller, and he is, well, I'll just read you the synopsis that I stole from A24's website. We're going to say off the get that this is an A24 film, which Johnny and I usually love, and uh, that's one of the reasons I was leaning towards watching it. A24 has this to say. Reverend Ernst Toller, played by Ethan Hawke, is a solitary middle-aged parish pastor at a small Dutch Reformed church in upstate New York on the cusp of celebrating its 250th anniversary when a pregnant parishioner, Amanda Seyfried, asks Reverend Toller to counsel her husband, a radical environmentalist, the clergyman finds himself plunged into his own tormented past and an equally despairing future. This is a very interesting movie. It's a very artsy movie. It's not going to be for everybody. Um, but I want to get your initial thoughts, Johnny. It was definitely interesting. Um, some of the things about it i didn't like some i did um overall thoughts it was an odd movie okay uh, i definitely see what you're saying as far as just being an art film artsy more mm -hmm. artistic mm -hmm. leaning uh and it is definitely not for everyone it is a very niche movie i would say sure it's a particular type of moviegoer that's going to enjoy something like this and it was 
um, at times confusing, uh, at times just over the top, uh, and at times odd. It was just a very unique movie experience. I agree. It's a very it's a very specific movie. Yeah, it's it's one that I think deserves a second watch for sure. Um, maybe just a little bit more focus and absorption of the the different perspectives that you got going on. It it was a very some strong character work for sure. Yeah. Um, it was an interesting movie, and that's probably about as broad as I'm gonna get. Sure. Uh, so this is still not in wide release. It first uh, showed up on May 18th of this year. It runs just under two hours long at an hour and 53 minutes. It's rated R for some intense moments throughout, I think, uh, is what I, I don't know what it's actually rated R for, but there's some language and there's some uh, some graphic points in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I I liked this movie. I had a lot of hype going into it. Okay. People have been talking about it for many, many months. See, I had no hype going into okay. it. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, it's, it is a very slow burn kind of movie. It's... Um, it's beautifully shot, I think. I think that Ethan Hawke's character is not developed at the right pace for me to be on board with everything that he goes through. Mm-hmm. Um, and based on the trailer that we just heard, I do think that there's. I'm okay with spoiling a few things that I wasn't quite prepared to before that. But mm. um, a big, a big turning point in his character's thing is in his in his development is uh, this idea of humans kind of destroying the earth. I mean, at first this can feel, I assume it kind of maybe played on you as like a, uh, what is the thing you say? Agenda kind of movie. Yeah. Um, but it's tricky because like a lot of the stuff that we are presented with as the audience and kind of going through, like experiencing it through Ethan Hawke's character's eyes is like true. Like, Yeah, it wasn't as much agenda driven as it was presenting just kind of basic facts about yeah. environmental issues to someone, a priest. Right. That maybe just isn't as plugged in because a lot of it was just like news to him, right? You know totally. What I mean? So yeah, it, it was a little. It seemed a little agenda driven for a moment, yeah. But then when you realize the way that Ethan Hawke's character is receiving all this information, it's just it, I don't know. It didn't really take on that torch of you know being completely yeah, totally. agenda driven in any way that really that tainted the movie for me. Right. So, so we mentioned the synopsis that this gal, Mary has a husband who is the, who's the extremist, the, the, uh, he's pretty does protests and mm-hmm. has a lot of problems with the way that people are treating the earth. And as a couple, they have gotten pregnant and the husband wants her to have an abortion because he can't fathom bringing a child into this world that is essentially doomed. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of the whole, the whole crux here. Like, um, Reverend Toller's never had to consider this. He, uh, he had a kid, doesn't anymore that's also in the trailer and this idea that you know it's 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 this idea of like god versus science if that's even a dichotomy or can god be part of science and all that and if god is in control and he's letting this happen what does that say about god there's a lot of that sort of existential religious stuff here yeah like is this god's plan right yeah this movie will make a lot of people uncomfortable because yeah there's two things that as a rule society doesn't um usually allow you to engage in in like group settings mm-hmm. or just in day-to-day conversation that's religion and politics yep. and this movie is centered around both yeah it's interesting too like the, i don't know I, I so without i don't want to get too too deep into it yet but i i enjoyed this movie i think the performances were very good i think the concept um or the concepts in general there got me thinking a lot it's worth pointing out that ethan hawk plays a pretty intense alcoholic mm-hmm. and somebody who is uh, i think it was pretty clear he was uh, morbidly ill 
yeah. going to be probably dying at some point. Yeah, it, soon. A lot of problems, like directly from mm-hmm. drinking. Yeah, but it's interesting. Like his style of life is very monastic and withdrawn. He lives very minimally and sort of relies just only on he. You know, he does his church thing and at this sort of touristy kind of church, but also he gives actual sermons to like eight people at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. His his journey through kind of depression and dealing with his own past and issues while trying to be a pastor, a shepherd type yeah, character right. to other people was fascinating. Yeah, it's also interesting. So Cedric the Entertainer plays a pastor at the church kind of across the way, the, the parent church of this, basically the church that has funded keeping this little church mm-hmm. around. Reverend Joel Jeffers. Yep. And um, it's it's one of those sort of new age mega churches, right? Where there's, you know, seating for a thousand people and there's like a big rock band that sings you through and uh, it's very fun and and modern, which is the exact opposite of the Dutch Reformed Church. He is the per, the parishioner, or he's not the parishioner; he's the pastor. Mm-hmm. But they are parishioners. Um, it's the opposite. It's not lavish. It's not exciting. It's not modern. It's none of that. And I think it says a lot about like people these days. You know, like you have this mega church. A lot of the times, they're springing up more and more often in the last, in the last like ten years. Um, but it's easy to not acknowledge. Um, some of the stuff that might be more blatant to you if you were forced to address it. Mm-hmm. And you find out that there's there's some conflicts of interest involved with the funding and throughout. It's very very fascinating stuff that I'm I'm looking forward to unpacking in the danger zone. But yeah, you know. one of one of my main issues with this movie is the the plot. It's just blurry at times. What do you mean? Uh, like after this movie, after I watched it and it ended, I thought to myself, where did that plot start? Where did it want to take us? And how did it get us there? Mm-hmm. You know, and it was just. At times it was blurry, like you couldn't really, it was hard to, to discern what this movie was trying to be and like who we were focusing on and what exactly it wanted to say or like what the, the main theme of the plot was. I think a lot of it was, was conveyed through character acting more than just uh, any particular events. I mean, there were events that, that drove the plot, but just overall, like I got to the end and I was like, I want to watch that again because mm. I'm not quite sure how we got here. Totally. I had, I think I, Gianna caught the, so I, did you rent it on Amazon or buy it on Amazon? Yeah. Okay. I wanted to catch it at the pageant. Didn't have time. So I saw it at home and Gianna walked in for like the last 15 minutes. And at the end, I think I said out loud that that was just over my head. I couldn't, I didn't, I didn't catch it okay. enough to fully process it. So, so it wasn't just me. No. So I'd like to go back to, um, but just from a, like stuff that we can talk about without spoiling, I think there's a very clear distinction, especially in the like the, maybe the final twenty percent of the movie. There's a change in pace. There's a change in the way the camera films Ethan Hawke's character, and there's more movement. There's more music that comes, um, and sort of like in the trailer, there it's a lot of um, gospel-y sort of praise on high type music, which is kind of juxtaposed against a darker series of events that's mm-hmm. taking place, um, and that was very effective to me. And I think generally the pacing of this movie and the way it's shot. It, I think it does a really good job of capturing what his life is like mm-hmm. and how it's changing over time. A lot of this movie watched almost like a play. How do you mean? Just like the the just it struck me as kind of a play with just the way the dialogue was and just the this scene is just in this room. Gotcha. You know what I mean? That kind of just scene by scene. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of movement in this movie. We talked about that a couple weeks ago with or last I can't remember, but with uh, a lot of Wes Anderson movies, mm. you'll get a shot and it'll get there and it'll stay there. Mm-hmm. And it gives a very specific feeling and it, it makes any movement the camera has so much more extreme. Yeah. And, and a lot of this movie is just like, boom, there's your camera. This is what you're looking at mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah. It was it a was, lot of A24 movies do that. Yeah. 
It was interesting. Yeah, it's something they look for, I think, in their production stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much we can talk about going forward. Are there any highlights to this? I know it's sort of like a. Bl- uh, I'm what I'm getting from you is like sort of like a blur, just a full experience, and yeah, less, less chopped up into segments. But yeah, well, and this this whole movie was kind of bleak. It's extremely. Bleak. You know, I think yeah. the highlight for me would be Ethan Hawke's performance. It's very good. I don't know if it's the role of a lifetime. Right. You know what I mean? But I, I don't. When I think of like really amazing committed roles, Ethan Hawke doesn't really jump to mind. I was gonna say, let's look at his lifetime. Right. This might be the role of his lifetime because yeah, right. he was just the white dude from Training Day. Yeah, or or he was that the dude in or was that Ethan Hawke in the Vampire Thirty Days a Night? Yeah, yeah I think he's maybe in that. no no that was Josh Hartnett. Oh, I get them confused. Yeah, yeah. they're very similar. Yeah. But okay, never mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, as far as just deep acting roles yeah you know so i do think it's good i think for me and maybe i'm just not getting it it's maybe overhyped i don't know he was wasn't he in like midnight in paris or Uh, i think there was a few like romance movies that he was sure that were really good i'll look that up on the break i I do think he can you were talking sorry go ahead i wouldn't say it's like a role of a lifetime just his lifetime maybe but i mean it's i don't i didn't take it as like a role that's gonna win an oscar i i don't know man I think it's going to be a contender. Mm, I, it's just nah. It'll win a Golden Globe, and somebody else will win an Oscar. I think he'll be nominated. He'll be nominated, and it'll feel good. But I don't think he'll win. Oh yeah, I don't think he'll necessarily win. But we're, I mean, we're still early in the year too. Yeah. We got another six months of this. Yeah, Five I mean, it, it definitely was a, a kind of a captivating performance, especially if you've ever known anyone that has like deep, deep alcoholism. Like it was just kind of a raw, gut wrenching performance, uh, a portrayal of someone with almost crippling alcoholism it's such a weird thing because because well just his role he's a person that is supposed to deliver ideas of hope and love and he does kind of Mm -hmm. uh, at least in word but then his whole life is like if you looked at him you'd be like this is a hopeless person yeah have no happiness and no hope and it's so interesting to put that against what you expect from a a priest or a pastor yeah um also uh, just like the he lost a bunch of weight for this it looks like and he looked sick yeah he didn't look good and if, if Leonardo DiCaprio can win an Oscar for like sleeping in a bear's mm-hmm. body, yep, he, I think he should be considered for this. I agree. I don't know. Well, that argument, that makes sense. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> you can win an Oscar for anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we should rate this and then move on, I think. Yeah, I would like to rate this movie with uh, a pretty heavy asterisk yeah. of, I really think this movie deserves a second watch. Uh, I ended up actually having to watch this movie in two sittings. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, different different perspective, but also you lose uh, a lot of that momentum or the the vibe. You, you lose kind a lot of, of do. Feeling, I, I mean, this movie's pretty vibe driven, so it wasn't hard to get right back sure. into it. Um, but I do want to just sit down in a room by myself and watch this movie front yeah. to back and just really try and absorb it. So I'm gonna give it a conservative with that asterisk asterisk mm-hmm. uh, a conservative six. Okay. I think it was an interesting movie. I think it was some really powerful acting from Ethan Hawke. Uh, and I definitely think it deals with some heavy, thought-provoking stuff. But I really want to just sit down and really dig into this movie and try and digest it a little bit more. Yeah. So that's my rating with, with a slight caveat. So I want to come back on, on what you were saying earlier about the plot kind of structure. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. It's not so much about the events that take place, but I think it is watching him sort of unravel. Yeah. And that's why I think the two-part thing is is definitely something that will be rectified when you watch it in one. Yeah. Because you do sort of – he has that first conversation really when when Amanda's – Seyfried's character is first like, hey, you can come talk to my husband. And then he's at that point pretty much like God is there. Humanity is about 
hope and and living and if you don't have grief there's no point in hoping yeah and and he just starts to unravel after that and it definitely builds tension throughout so i think stopping it at that midway point kind of you kind of get to relax your shoulders a little bit and breathe and pick it up i think this is not a fun movie to watch no that's fair to say like it's a tense uncomfortable movie because the thing a the things they're saying are true and heavy yeah, like yeah. a lot of the global warming stuff and not being able to reverse the levels of carbon monoxide in the air. And in 50 years, we might all be screwed because ocean levels have risen five feet and that's flooded mega cities. And then people loot things and murder each other. And mm-hmm. like there's in martial law, like that's probably going to happen. And that's horrible. But also the way that it's filmed is also pretty, pretty scary. Yeah, this definitely isn't a movie that you want to just like put on if you're in for a good time no. and want to have some popcorn no. and a couple beers. No. Yeah, I was, I was, I think I was drinking like a couple of vodka cocktails and just kind of got into like a somber exactly. mood. That says a lot, man. Like uh, that's what I like, a, or at least appreciate about A twenty four. A lot of the time, they put out these movies of real human experiences, good or bad, or both, mm-hmm. which is humanity experience in general. It's usually a mix of both. But this is so bleak as it moves on, and it's made me. Th- I've thought about this movie every day since I watched it a week ago. Yeah, and that says a lot. So for that reason, and all the reasons that we just talked about, I'm gonna give it an eight. Okay. And the caveat of a rewatch. I think it yeah. deserves it as well. I think we both have that. Maybe we should try and watch it together sometime. I'd be up for that. It'd be fun. Yeah. And just pause every once in a while and take some notes. Yeah. And just like really dig into it. I'd love to kind of have a live action discussion about totally. this movie as we're watching it. Yeah. Um, as far as just the symbolism and the, you know, because I think the my issues with the plot were just kind of not realizing that it's it's more of a character study. Sure. So... Watch this movie. Maybe watch it twice. Yeah. Um, Again, so like we mentioned, you can find it on Amazon. You can buy it there. I don't think you can rent it yet. No. Uh, it's not really available for that, but you can buy, I think it was like 16 bucks, something like that. Yeah. Um, which is the cost of like two movie tickets. Yeah, it's not the worst. Or, and you have it forever. Right, exactly. Um, which is I, good. It did make it through the pageant in Chico a couple weeks ago. If you happen to catch it there, we'd love to hear what you thought. But other than that, you might have a tough time until it comes out on DVD. But when it does, you should check it out. Yeah. So that has been First Reformed. We're going to come back in the Danger Zone. We're going to break it down a little bit deeper. Spoilers ahead. Uh, We'll be back with our second and final beer. Stick around. Hey, podcast fans. Go drink beer and eat food at the Handlebar. Here's why. It's delicious. They've got a lovely menu of rotating craft beers. Went to the awesome happy hour every single day from 2 to 6. You're going to get a dollar off any draft beer. Newly expanded menu. Uh, some delicious burgers, fries, all kinds of new stuff on there. Check them out. Yeah, again, that's a happy hour every day of the week from 2 to 6, dollar off all their draft beers at the Handlebar here in Chico at 2070 East 20th Street. Get down there. Welcome to the Danger Zone. Thanks for sticking around if you have. We're going to spend some time talking about this beer that Johnny, incidentally, just poured all over the table. It's an imperial stout called Corvo Negro, which translates to Black Raven. It's made by Novo Brazil out of Chula Vista, California. It is a very active stout. Immediately, it looks not like I thought it would because it's, of how carbonated this bad boy is. gushing. It is gushing. I'm going to read. That's a great transition. This is what they have to say about it. Don't say it's a great transition. I just want to give you props. You know, sometimes I glaze over it, and I just want to let you know that I'm gushing about your transitions. An internationally award-winning recipe, Corvo Negro. Thank you. Gushes with aromas of coffee, cocoa, caramel, and vanilla. It's cacao. With no, it isn't. Not this time. With rich, la- I had to double check. With rich, lasting intensity on the palate. Enjoy Corvo. Man, here we go. Corvo Negro from a snifter, and the dark, rich, alluring aromas will lift you on black wings. That's dark. Dot. 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 That's dark. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, so it's you, mellowing out. Did you say what the danger zone is and all that shit? I said in the beginning. Okay, cool. But you want to rehash? Yeah, just, fuck it. All right, you get if, it. If you're here, you guys you're here. get it. Yeah. Uh, just one more time, though. Once, once we get back to First Reformed, we're going to spoil some stuff. So uh, you can listen to this beer, and then we'll give you one more heads up before we get there. What do you think of this beer, dude? It's, uh, you had a lot of bubbles on top. Mine's kind of mellowing out to a normal-looking yeah, stout. But it's bubbly. Yeah, it is a real thick-looking stout. We had a little bit of taste when we cracked the can because it started bubbling over, but uh, it tasted very, very dense, very chocolatey, very syrupy. Everything I would hope that an imperial stout would be. Did you mention the ABV? Yeah, eleven percent. If you didn't hear it, it's a big beer. Yeah. Uh, did you like it on your first taste? It is good. It is Just definitely saying. a lots of dark chocolate, lots of lots of sweet, bittersweet, like you, baking chocolate almost. Do you uh, do you get any of that the caramel or vanilla notes, or is it mostly that chocolate? A little bit of vanilla. It's a little round sweetness on the end. Not a ton of caramel. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely a lot of bitterness on the finish. Um, it's nice body though. It's actually kind of full bodied and and not too thin. Oh, oh, girl, look at that body. That's just what I thought of. You should say, oh, oh, look at that beer. Look at that beardy. <laughs> look at that beard. <laughs> that just sounds like a hairy man's body. Look at that body. Or a hairy woman's body. You know, I don't know. Hey, People whatever. can be hairy. It's progressive times we're living in, son. I'm sort of scared to take this. I have so much foam on the top that I know it's going to get in my mustache and just be part of this for now. But I'm going to do it. It's um, gonna you're gonna savor that flavor later. Do you want to see if there's anything on the can that I didn't read from the website description? There might be something. Sometimes there's something different, you know. Maybe it's an internationally award. That's what I said. Winning. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It will lift you on black wings. That's this dark. fucking beer is dripping everywhere. Yeah. Why is there a hole in this can? I don't know, man. But yeah, it is dripping uh, a lot. Heads up on this beer. If you buy it, where? Uh, how much was this? Uh, like three, four bucks. New Earth as well. Yeah. All right. Buy a towel. And this was uh, a single. Right? You bought a single can? Yes. Cool. Okay, well, I'm going to try it. Yeah, we've loved everything that we've done from Novo Brazil. Uh, literally every beer I've had from them, I've really enjoyed. So uh, it goes without saying, if they crank out a stout, we're going to try it. What do you think? In this or- To what you're saying, definitely. But about the beer, in this order, I get caramel first, real sweet, bitter dark chocolate. Bitter dog chocolate. Dark chocolate. And then... Uh, and then a bit of vanilla at the end, but not a whole lot. No. Like you get the kind of the candy caramel sweet, but I don't really get a, like a vanilla mellowing sweet. No, definitely end. like a burnt sugar. Uh, I think it's still too cold for me. Um, I don't know. Is it? How long have you had that out of the cooler? Not, not too long. Like the whole middle segment, I okay. think. Yeah, so I'm going to let it warm up as we go here, but I think it's pretty good. Um, I was hoping that maybe Novo Brazil was going to come out of nowhere and be like, our stouts are our best beers, but I, I think their, their Northeast IPAs are still better than this. Yeah. I, I'm gonna agree. Let it warm up a little bit, but as of right now, I like it. Uh, it's it's really mellow for an 11 percent beer, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. It's yeah. I don't want to say thin. That always has such a negative connotation, but it isn't super heavy. No, but the carbonation kind of makes up for it. Yeah, there's a lot it of it. Adds like a little it's bit a, of a fluffy it's feeling. It's a very active stout for yeah. sure. But I I enjoy it. I think this is yeah. Good. It's uh, when you're in the market for a stout flavored stout that's not over the top sweet with adjuncts. This sure. would be a great yep. one. And I know I've complained about that, so I should definitely acknowledge that. Drinking this, that this is that stout flavored standard. stout. Yeah, super standard, like basic, but back to delicious basics. Yeah, and I mean, still like eleven percent, guys. Another, we're some heavy hitters today, stylistically. Yeah, uh, and and for what they drink as mm-hmm. this definitely drinks more like an eight or nine percent yeah yeah i wouldn't Which have guessed high, i wouldn't have guessed 11 percent if you wouldn't have told me i would have guessed eight yeah nine tops yep so Agreed. 
No, I'm going to give this beer a, a rating right now. All right. Uh, you know, it's... it's wait, can, sorry. I haven't had a chance to think of mine. I just want to be sure that I have my own original thoughts right, here. We're going to wait while Max thinks. Let me take one more sip. I've only had one. All right. Yeah, if you haven't had stuff from Novo Brazil, you should definitely check them out. Every, they, everything they, they're doing across the board. They do that mango beer, right? Or is yeah. That, that's actually really good. And they came out with one. It's called Mango Junior. It's a session version of the mango beer. Cool. Yeah. It's only like 4.5% or something. It's really good. All right. I have my number. All right. I'm not looking. Okay. Right. So my number uh, is going to be a 7.5. Me too, dude. Nuh-uh. Seven fives across the board. I think that's a fair rating. I think we're on the same page here. Like, it's adequate. It's it's more than adequate, as Young Max would say. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, but I wouldn't say that about this. This is better than fine. I think this is this is a good beer. No, um, it is. It's above average. I'm gonna put an asterisk by mine, um, and revisit it in like, you know, ten minutes. Warm once it warms up. It needs to be warm. Um, because I do think that per the style, I'm gonna get more vanilla, a little bit less of the bitter chocolate. Yeah, it'd probably level out with the bitterness once it warms up. But no, I mean it's it's really good. It's a standard stout. And when you're yeah. in the mood for that, this will knock that out of the park. It's a standard imperial stout. Yes. Say that. Definitely big, especially for the price. It's a big beer. You know, I will say the last drink that I had there, as it's as it's kind of settling, it's definitely got some heat on the end. Yeah. I'm starting to pick up the the alcohol content just a bit, which is good. I'm glad that it's it's there. I don't I don't love the idea of just drinking something that drinks like a juice and then it's like 19% alcohol yeah. with gasoline on the side. I don't For know. Loco, loco, right, exactly, loco. like that. I don't, you know, if I got to drink it, I'll drink it. I'm a team player, but I don't want that. Yeah. So, no, that's fair. That's why, uh, you know, like 151's dangerous. Exactly. That's yeah. flammable, dude. Isn't that crazy? Like we, you can't, you shouldn't drink something. We shouldn't drink alcohol ever. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's poison. not good for you. It's literally poison. Yep. And it's like, well. So are mushrooms. We still eat those. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, at least you can't really, like, go buy mushrooms at most places. Yeah. Which, arguably, they're probably a little bit safer than alcohol. I've never done mushrooms, but I got to think they're safer than, than alcohol. But I don't know. Not not the way that it affects you, probably. Yeah. But for your body, like, if you were strapped down to a chair yeah. and you had, like, a full dose of mushrooms to trip out or enough alcohol to blackout, I think the alcohol's worse. Probably. Maybe. That's... Or like just get really high on weed, uh, which is not a hip way of saying that. Get high on just the weed. Get weeds. high on weed. Smoke um, the weeds, man. Like I think alcohol's worse, you we know? Should, we should do mushrooms sometime. All right. Yeah. That'd be an adventure. See, see I don't like mushrooms in general. I don't yeah. like the, the food version, so I can't imagine I would like the drug version. Yeah. But you never know. You never know, man. You never know. I've heard a lot of people like to take mushrooms and like go on hikes. The, most everybody that does the do's mushrooms that do uh, is big on like nature like nobody wants to go to like an industrial park and just trip out on the or foundations like, of the rebar or like stay at home yeah like yeah. it's not good i don't know uh, i'm not a big drug doer but i think that i've decided if i do drugs it won't be anything manufactured like i'm not really into the idea of doing acid or coke really yeah but i would try mushrooms uh or what's another like natural sort of drug peyote peyote yeah i'd probably try that yeah. i don't know What's yeah. the worst that could happen? Just like plant Famous last words. Like ayahuasca. Sure. Is one. That's a, that's like a drink, right? Yeah. That's it's it's a drink. It's a a plant version of DMT. Okay, that's what I was gonna say. DMT. I would. Uh, that's a scary one too. But I think all drugs are scary. Like all drugs are scary. I don't know. I don't like being out of control. Like like even if I get, especially in a, like a performance capacity, if I'm like gonna be on stage and I have even a little bit too much to drink, 
I just am like, oh, dang it. Like, you're, you're not fully. Engaged. Yeah, and I hate that. So I'd have to be in the right setting, obviously. Well, and that's like so much of what psychedelics are about right. is like letting go I know. of I that control and I'm the a, ego. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a control freak. Yeah. I learned this about myself years ago. What if it like just changes your outlook? It could. Drugs can rewire your yeah. brain if you do them enough. Yeah, and they can and it can really be like for the better sometimes. Totally. Yeah, I think people are so very, myself included, very resistant to change. Yeah. Because it's scary. It's oh, like yeah. drugs. Yeah, and like especially if you are kind of a control freak and like being yeah. grounded in reality and and dude, I don't. I have a really hard like I'm I'm alone so much. I make my own schedule. Like when I have to work with other people's schedules, it's very difficult for yeah. me. Yeah. Especially when like we yeah it's I don't yeah. Yeah, and it's like, a weakness of mine. I don't smoke weed anymore, but like when I was younger, I used to smoke a lot of weed, and like getting so high that you were just not on this See, planet. Yeah, dude, I can't imagine that's fun. It's it's a very strange feeling of yeah. just like not be. It's a disconnect, and it is like a letting go, and just like some people crave that. And yeah. for me, it just never did it for me. Like yeah. I, I think I mean there's a, a term for for chemicals that do that to your brain, and it's called dis disassociatives. Sure. A lot of antidepressants have disassociative qualities, and I don't think that's something that I've ever really sought. Yeah. I like things that enhance my presence. Totally. And have I ever talked on, on the air about the time that I got... I've only ever smoked the weed a couple times, <laughs> but uh, there was one time I got way too high. Um, it was like the, like the second or third time I ever did it, and like I've, I've been around the block. I know people that have smoked the weed, so like I know... Oh, clearly about like the stereotypes of weed like you smoke weed and then you think you're gonna die or you're way too high and it's like but no you're not it's weed yeah and i know i've known that for forever mm -hmm. yet i'd been drinking which is not good yeah. i had several beers uh i was gonna say i thought maybe i had an over brazil but it was fall rivers lazy hazy mm -hmm. had about six of those <laughs> nice and i was just sitting around by a campfire and i had a little bit of the devil's lettuce and um then i had a little more because it was like an edible. I was like, well, this isn't working. Oh, no. And I knew that too. I'm like, you should wait. And I was like, I'm not going to wait. I'll just try the smoking part also. Then I stood up and then it hit me and I said, uh oh. And then I went to sit down again. And then Gianna was there watching my back. And I said, hey, come here. And I like, she was right next to me. Come here. Yeah. Um, listen, I don't mean to be this guy. But like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to die. Can you? I was, and I said, like, I like, I was like, can you please tell me if you think we should call an ambulance? Yeah. And she said, we, you're not dying. You don't need an ambulance. You're just and super I, duper high. Yeah. And I said, okay, like a one hundred percent sure that I was going to you're die. Like, okay, I whatever knew you for said. a fact that I was going to die in that moment, and I was still like, all right, that's how I know I'm in love with her. I was like, all right, I guess whatever you say is right, but I'm dying. Even though my brain was like, you can't die from this. Mm -hmm. My brain was also like, you're dead meat, kid. Mm -hmm. That's where I was at that night. It's a weird thing that that happens when you get too high. Isn't it? It's, I've had the same experience. The very last time I smoked weed, I did a really cool trick where you make a fifth of Tito's vodka disappear by oh, yourself. Cool trick. <laughs> it was a fun trick. It was cool. I was having a blast. I was yeah. at a party uh, with a bunch of friends and did that. And I'd been drinking beer all day, and like somebody was going on a beer run, and they're like, "Oh, I was like, here's twenty dollars, grab me a fifth of Tito's." Right. I'm going on a journey. Yeah. Uh, and like on my last cocktail of the fifth, I walked outside and someone. Oh, you was were like, cocktailing it. Yeah. I assumed you were like butt chugging or something. No, it was like vodka club right. sodas, just cool. like th three fingers of vodka in Sick. a solo cup. Yeah, sure. Yeah, good decisions, guys. Mm -hmm. uh, good life decisions. We should let me cut you off real quick. Sometimes we say this during our show. We don't always. It's usually when these stories come up. 
everybody, if you're listening and you're not 21, don't drink. You can't do that yet. When you turn 21, you can do it. All right, Dad. Just don't do it until then. We have listeners that are under 21, so just don't do that. All and right? Keep listening to the story. You'll find out but, fucking why yeah, exactly. not. Exactly. Then, yes. So continue. you're like the freaking cop that comes in with dare, like, this could be you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Don't do math. <laughs> don't do math. Like that guy. More than once. Right. So and you should try everything once, I think. I don't think that's true. Like I want to do heroin right before I die. But what if you try killing yourself once? Boom. You can only try that once most of the time. So most I guess I guess that checks out. Yeah. So anyways, yeah. I've, I've, I'm on this last cocktail, this fifth, and I walk outside, and there's a circle of people smoking a joint the size of my pinky. Your pinky's about two and a half inches long. But like the width wide. Like oh, oh, it's thick. Around. Okay. Like it was like. It's like a dime. Like, yeah, it was like smoking a small cigar. Yeah. I smoked like half of it. That's too much. And then I don't really remember much else after that, except like thinking I could hear my heartbeat in my eyes. Yeah, isn't that weird how it like dissociates like parts of your body? I guess yeah. in that sense it's dissociative. Yeah, and then like the room started spinning and like I could feel my heart beating in every inch of my body. Like I was having an earthquake inside me. Yeah. And I was like, I'm never doing the weed again. Yeah, what's interesting about all these symptoms is that they are essentially manifestations of what Reverend Ernst Toller is afraid of. Mm. So maybe that guy should have done some drugs. Maybe he should smoke some weed. You know, like that guy drinks a lot. Again, that's my point. Like drinking is worse. If the, if 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 Ethan Hawke's character would have just maybe smoked some weed, not like the problems would have gone away, but maybe he wouldn't have tried to blow himself up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Let's talk about that ending, can we? Uh, also, yeah, that's the last time I smoked weed. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. When was that? Oh, shoot. That was like a year ago. You haven't smoked weed in a year? Yeah. Huh. No. Not into it. Not my jam. You realize it was just like a bad experience. Oh, yeah. No, I've tried managed. before. Like, I have like I have a lot of friends that smoke a bunch of weed, and I've tried it to like fit in, and like everyone else is doing it. <laughs> I really want you to name drop people. Like, I got a bunch of friends that smoke weed. It's Bob and Jim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I mean, that's their thing. Yeah. And like, you want to take a couple hits, and it can be fun in like the right balance, but I'm way more of just like, I'd rather have a couple beers. Yeah, because if I smoke like two joint, like two joints, two joints, <laughs> then I'm no. If I smoke have like seventeen shots, I just don't feel good. Dude. Yeah, it's weird. I yeah. feel odd. No, if I have a couple of hits, like I won't want to talk to anybody. But that's fine. Like, but but it, you know, it, it is in the right setting. But right. when I'm like in a social setting, it's awkward if I don't want to talk to anyone. The thing I like about weed that makes me consider doing it more often is that like, there's two big ones. One, um, I don't wake up in the morning feeling like I have a weed hangover. There is that, and then two. Uh, there's no calories on weed. Yeah, but the calories come later. Oh, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. That's one of the, th another big reason, like, it's true. I can't smoke weed by myself. I'll Just start making, munching, dude. I'll, st like, I made myself sick. I made, like, a burrito out of, like, peanut butter and bananas and honey. That's gross. Actually, that sounds really good. <laughs> it was so good. Tell me that you just flattened a piece of bread into a tortilla no, and wrapped it. I wish. That would have been epic. Yeah. Wrapped it like a crepe. There's, like, a joint, like a big oh, that'd peanut be great. butter. Tried to banana, smoke Banana, honey it. joint, yeah. It would look like a banana peanut butter Swiss roll. Speaking of Bo Burnham, that's what he does in one of his bits in Make Happy. He's like, this is what it's like to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich when you're high on weed. And then, so he does it, and then he's like, here's what it's like to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich when you are drunk and it's very different it's really funny yep i want to throw that in that's fine we should we should do mushrooms and go on a hike yeah dude <laughs> yeah at this point so anyways that's 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 uh corvo negro yeah i like this beer now wow <laughs> this is a good beer now so i am gonna because it's been 10 ish minutes damn um do you want to taste it first and fill i'll fill it yeah so it's good 
I'm going to taste it now after you're done. I really like this beer. Let me know what tastes different now. Anything? It's not as bitter. By far not as bitter. Like I get a little bit more vanilla even. Yeah, a bit, huh? Temperature really affects it, but it's not as not as bitter dark chocolate. It's yep. a lot smoother and softer. Agreed. So I have I have three things that jump out. Number one is what you're saying. Less of the bitter, more of the vanilla finish. Two is the carbonation factor is down quite a bit, mm-hmm. and I think it's more enjoyable. And three is that the alcohol presence is a lot more noticeable. Yeah, it but is I think goes definitely with the hotter. But it's yeah, it's right there. It's like my mouth is warm. Yeah, from that. But it's good. I, I dig this a lot. Yeah. Did we rate this beer already? Yes, we went seven fives. I don't remember. That's we got, cool. We got, that was a good tangent, man. We haven't had a tangent since like De- I haven't had a passionate tangent since like Deadpool. I think the, the time travel thing. That was oh, that's yeah. still my like my favorite Danger Zone in recent memory. Yeah, we should just do a bonus episode on Max's thoughts on time travel, dude. Yeah, we should we could split that in like ten episodes. We should do that while we're doing the hike. Oh my god. I uh, it wouldn't it, we I would die. I don't think it would work. That'd be <laughs> tremendous. Uh, you would either die or become an alien that can time travel. Yeah. Um. He's talking about bonus episodes. Everybody. I'm gonna just gonna plug this real quick. If you don't know what that is, we have a Patreon account. You can you can donate like a buck for every episode, and you get access to exclusive content, and invites to to bar hangs if you live in Chico or Northern California or Alaska, and you like to fly. Yeah. If you have a a, a bush plane, it's a pretty good time. I watched a bush plane take off. Oh, those the water planes on land. How uh, how's that work? They stick it on the back of a trailer and pull it behind a truck. And then it just lifts off? Yeah, they pull it behind a truck, and the truck goes real fast, and then the plane just goes That's like, awesome. Up. It was really cool. So can we revisit this final scene? Let's get into spoiling this movie. Yeah, I just really want to talk about the last the last maybe 15 minutes. I want to preface it a little with the, the, the guy that he was therapizing. Yeah, her husband. Yeah, sure. The husband, he was in need of some counseling. The re- the not religious, the the environmentalist, the extreme protester guy. Uh he ends up killing himself. Yes, right. And Ethan Hawke finds him. He texts uh, the, the the deceased. The I husband, can't remember his name. What was I, his name? I didn't write it down. Like Tom. Yeah, it was like Tom. Yeah, the 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 activist guy. He texts Ethan Hawke and says, "We're change of location where we're going to meet to talk." Ethan Hawke shows up. He's blown his brains out with a shotgun. Correct. Very graphic. That scene is yeah, prob- and it stayed on that for a minute. Yeah, that yeah. scene is probably why this movie's rated R, along with just massive use of alcohol and yeah. uh, some very, very adult themes. Yeah, you know definitely. I mean? yep. But um, so that guy, after he kills himself, Ethan Hawke is helping his wife clean out his things. Uh, was it, was it before that when they found the suicide vest? Yes. It was before. It was that. right before that meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's got a suicide vest. Dude's gonna blow himself up. And as soon as I saw that. It, I was an hour into the movie, and I'm like, oh, Ethan Hawke's going to blow himself up. Oh, really? Yep. See, I had a couple of premonitions about this movie. Like, one was when when he went to find, he found his body. Like, he was walking through that the woods, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, that doesn't feel good. Like, something's, yeah. and I figured it was him to get killed himself, but yeah. I didn't pick up on the on the self-sacrifice thing of Ethan Hawke's character. Yeah, when, when he took the vest home, and then his anger about the issues, and finding out that someone that contributes to his church that basically pays his salary... Is like on the list of the ten worst polluters. Uh, he owns Dude, a company I mean, that would fuck you up a bit. Like, right? Like, it's. It, I. I think it'd be like this: if you live your whole life thinking Santa's real, mm-hmm. then you find out at his age, wait, what? Santa's not. So shit. Sorry, man. What <laughs> the fuck you mean, bro? I'll just say hypothetically. But then you find out Santa is not real, except it's the opposite because instead of being really good, Santa's very bad. Yeah. You have no idea that the Earth is kind of going to hell in a handbasket. Yeah. Uh, and then you're like, oh. It is. Like, you'd be pretty pissed. Yeah. And then to find out that, like, 
one of a huge polluter is somebody that funds your church. Yeah. That would, that would, I'd, I mean, I'd be mad. Your whole livelihood, your passion in life. I don't think maybe you should blow people up because of it, but I'd be upset. Yeah, it would definitely make you reevaluate what's going on. Right. Also, how uncomfortable was that scene where he put that like thorny thing around him, the barbed wire? Yeah. God, I was cringing the whole time. Yeah. And he almost drank a whole glass of Drano. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing. There was so much focus put on his drinking. Yeah. And I think like we got to the point where, okay, where's the, the whiskey pouring shot? And then it was Drano. I think it was very effective. Yeah. And, like the viscosity of that Drano. Oof. It, was, uh, it, was... it was vegetable oil. You could tell. Oh, yeah? Drano's not that consistency. I don't know why they wouldn't have used Drano. Right? Like, I think they, they probably did. I mean, some Drano might Yeah, like, be. it's probably just a different kind. Yeah. Seems just like a stupid... The Drano I've drank there you go. did not look like that. <laughs> it did not have that mouthfeel. Yeah, but it was interesting, though, with the whole suicide vest. I kind of saw it coming, um, but then let's talk about that scene. Yeah. The scene where they're nose-to-nose. Can we talk so about let's, that? Let's, let's get to it. Just in case you haven't seen it, you're not gonna, and you want to know what we're talking about. At the very end of the film, he decides to put on the suicide vest. He's going to go into the church on the 250th anniversary, blow yeah. himself up to make a, a, presumably a statement about stuff. Grandiose statement. He's told Mary, uh, Amanda Seyfried's character, not to come in. She shows up anyways. Then he has to reconsider. And instead of blowing them up, what he's going to do is take some barbed wire, wrap around himself, make himself sort of a just a martyr for his own cause. He's going to drink the Drano gel. Yeah. And then pr- I think walk into the church and commit suicide that way. Mm-hmm. And then she walks into his room and uh, they kiss emphatically. While he's wrapped in barbed wire. Correct. He, oh, and that hug. I was like, ooh, God, that's got to hurt. Yeah, he drops the the rocks glass of Drano. Did it shatter? It did not shatter. No, it just Which bounced. I thought was weird. Yeah. Rocks glasses are sturdy. Yeah, that's true. Um, but anyway, so they kiss. The, the music goes, and then the camera like swirls around them in this very like out-of-body out of experience. I thought it was a really, really amazing touch to the filming, but the scene itself is still kind of baffling to me. Yeah, and then the movie ends. Correct. Yeah, but they make out for like two minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh, it's very passionate. Yeah. I'm um, still very confused about it. So I want to watch it again. Yeah. Make up my own thoughts before I hear like professionals talk about it. But Yeah, it was interesting. And it was interesting that he never wore the vest to the church like the fact that her character showed up did not impact the decision to not blow himself up no it did that was that was the decision she showed up and he took the vest off she showed up at his no he took the vest off before she showed up no yes i promise you no yep hey we'll be right back okay we're back so just to clarify he has the vest on he sees her out the window going into the church which i missed correct yep and then he takes the vest off, decides he's not. it's not worth killing her. Or, or her baby, right? Or traumatizing her, even. Correct. Or, no, she'd be dead. I assume that vest Maybe. would blow up everybody. Depends. Depends on what kind of vest, what kind of explosives he's using. That's true. I don't know. But anyway, so, so what I was saying, like, right before you were like, start recording, is that I think it's so strange that his, basically, if you think of his mentality at this point, he's been drinking consistently for weeks. Mm-hmm. Learned about the destruction by man of the earth. That would be years. You don't just drink like that and not get oh, drunk. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, in the course of the movie. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, since he found out, since he talked to her husband. And now he's like spiraling. But the one thing that stops him from killing himself and presumably countless other people is that she is in there. It's her and her baby. I don't mean to lean into this too heavily, but her name is Mary. She's pregnant. There's a Jesus metaphor there pretty clearly, and I think. And she saved him. Right. Yep. So... I don't know. So that, so he takes off the vest, right? Straps the barbed wire on, pours the Drano. Is about to drink it. She walks in. He drops it. They make out. Yeah. Spiral, spiral, spiral. Movie ends. Very strange. I don't. Yeah. I still don't fully know what to make of it. I haven't really unpacked it. I, I watched the movie. You know, she's, it off and had to leave. And she said a word. 
when Did she? when she walked in. I believe she said Ernst. That's that's his name. Yeah. Was it that his yeah, name? Yeah, Ernst Toller. Oh shit. Uh, so maybe, yeah. I mean, it's very random if you just thought of that out of the blue. So I assume you're right, and it was probably no. It was his name, but yeah, just, yeah. All in all, very confusing, kind of a head scratcher of a movie. Oh, we should talk about that scene too, because I was just thinking, like, that seems out of the blue. Why did they just make out? There was a very sensual scene. The note, yeah, the fucking no, no, that's what you were saying. The space hug scene, right? What the fuck was that? Yeah. So at one point, she comes over to his apartment, and she this is after her husband's committed suicide, and she's like, "Yeah, we used to do this thing where we'd get high." And then I would just lay on top of him, and those nose would just breathe. And then they do that essentially, and then they float into space. And it's very, it's very like it's a very weird shot in the movie. It's yeah, like it's, this, it's so out of place. So out of place. Obviously, like green screened. Like right, they're floating over the mountains, and they're floating over a jungle. Yeah, I gotta watch this again. Man. Then they're floating over burning tires. Well, right, they're floating over like the evolution of man's footprint on the earth. Yeah. Like, at first, it's like this pure and beautiful thing, and the music is nice, and then it changes slowly, and then it's like the destruction of the planet. And it's this really trippy thing. And I don't know what to make of it. So, it's so weird. Just a trippy movie, man. Also, I would not want someone breathing that close to my face. Yeah, that was... I, I hate that I thought about that, but I did too. Like, oh, yeah, immediately. Matter, but No. Like, he's drinking... That's all he does. He doesn't even... Do you see how far we poured whiskey in a cereal? No, he just poured whiskey in a bowl and dipped bread in it. Oh, is that what it was? That's the only thing he ate. In yeah, the like his breath has got to be bad. Yeah, his whole body's bad. And the fact that she didn't even once like, kind of like cringe a little bit, like I, that's the most unbelievable part of this movie is like yeah. she wasn't like you got bad breath dude mm-hmm. you should at least say you've been bad breath. subsisting on bourbon yeah so i don't know i'm gonna watch this again i'm i'm really torn because tonight now i want to watch true detective i want to watch lord of the rings from earlier and yeah. i want to watch this again so i don't know what i'm gonna do i gotta be up uh, at like 6 a.m tomorrow which is not a thing that i do <laughs> i know i'll call you welcome for to your life yeah um is there anything else you want to hit on here no man i think this movie's really odd and really nuanced yeah. and i think it's worth a watch if you're into weird crazy movies yeah um i'm gonna throw out this too in the future we are on episode i want to say 86 or 87 i can't remember we're gonna have an event for our 100th episode and we're gonna invite some people i would say we might even make it open to people that hear about it on the show does that seem fair to you like invite our listeners sort yeah. of thing. And we're going to screen a movie at a place. And if anybody has an idea of what they want to see, start writing us now. Cause we got some weeks to go, but I'd like to hear people's suggestions because I'm going to be torn on picking, picking a movie and beers to drink and all that. Yeah. That's as specific as I'd like to be. Yeah. We're going to keep it vague. But if, if you guys would ever want to watch a movie with us, it doesn't have to be something brand new. It could be a, your old favorite movie. From 1940, I don't know. Not Schindler's List, though. Not Schindler's List. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna have a veto list mm-hmm. and Schindler's on it. And we are both, uh, we have dictators. We have veto power. Yes. If your idea sucks, yes, we will not accept it. Yeah. If it is magnificent, we will consider it. Uh, yeah, that seems right. Um, all right. Anything? Uh, if you guys like the podcast, we should say this. Uh, find us. Find us on social media. Yeah. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook and Instagram. It's always at Fresh Hop Cinema. Yup. Uh, that fella runs the Instagram. This fella runs the Twitter and the Facebook. And uh, we both kind of moderate the emails. So if you want to talk to us, let us know what you're drinking, what you thought of First Reformed, um, what you're not drinking. I don't know what that means, but what you want us to drink or watch. If you have any fun stories about doing drugs. That would be awesome. I love those. Write us. Uh, I think that's all I have, man. Yeah, if you want to make some fun stories about doing drugs, get a hold of Max. You yeah, guys can go right, on a hike. Right. 
Uh, all right. Well, that guy's name is. I'm Marty McFly. Well, you already said my name is Max. Oh. I guess I'll be Max. Whatever. My name's Max. That's Marty. My name's Johnny. All right. We'll see short next. for John. We'll see you next week. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.